Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Many federal agencies, including the White House and Homeland Security Department, have already banned TikTok from government-owned devices. And one congresswoman-elect told NTD she doesn't have any social media apps on her personal devices due to security concerns. Here's that exchange between NTD's Steve Lance and Congresswoman-elect Anna Paulina Luna. Congresswoman-elect, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So happy to be here. <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, a freshman member of Congress entering your first session, uh, a fresh outlook, what are going to be some of your top priorities? Number one, and I've been telling this to everyone, is big tech. What we saw happen in the midterms, what we saw happen now recently with the Twitter file, files with Elon Musk, the American people have to know and understand that big tech is the number one threat we're facing. As you saw, they're interfering in elections, they're controlling information, they're influencing nations, and no king in the history of the world has ever had that much unchecked power. And so as congressional representatives, I think it's gonna be our obligation to not only fight for our constituents, but for the American people in the Constitution. We just saw in the Senate, uh, the TikTok bill, uh, Senator Hawley's TikTok bill passing unanimously. Um, what are your thoughts on, on banning TikTok? I support an outright ban. You know, as someone who was running for office, I had to be on every single platform just because you never know the people that you'll be reaching on various social media channels. But because of the information gathering that TikTok was doing, I actually did not have TikTok or any other social media on my personal device. I think that there is a national security threat. I think it's a massive intelligence gathering operation. And I think that in no way, shape, or form should any federal employee have that on their phone. Frankly, we need to ban it outright. If you know what China's doing, they're showing their young people a lot different stuff than what they're showing ours on TikTok, and I think that that's part of the reason why we're seeing a massive divide in this country. I want to get your thoughts on China. Uh, this is going to be a major issue in the coming years. Um, you're going to have a role to play. Mm -hmm. um, how big of a threat do you think the CCP is to our country? I'd say number one threat. Uh, the CCP is working with some of these tech companies like Google. Google, as you know, actually helped engineer the social credit system in China. Uh, we also give some of our defense contracts to Google. So why are we enabling a company that is helping the CCP? The CCP does not want the United States to exist. By 2027, they are going to militarily dwarf us. By 2030, they're trying to become the global superpower. And in addition to that, you have the CCP in every single shape and form working with people that don't want the United States to be number one. So I know that there's supposed to be a select committee on China that the Republican Congress will be launching this January. But in addition to that, I think that it's going to be a nonpartisan issue. I was recently at Harvard University at their uh, Kennedy School, uh, Kennedy um, School of Political Science, and this is something that I actually brought up, and there were many people there, to include some of their professors, that are aware about the human rights abuses that China is currently engaging in and the threat that they pose to the United States. So I think that that'll be actually something from a bipartisan perspective that we'll be able to accomplish a lot on. Congresswoman-elect Anna Paulina <laughs> Luna, thank you. Thank you very much. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy doesn't have 100% support from his Republican caucus to take the Speaker's gavel. Representative Andy Biggs, who's challenging him, joins NTD's Steve Lance to explain why he's made this move to break from the mainstream consensus in his party. Here's a look. Congressman, you're challenging uh, House leadership. Uh, if you could tell us why and what is your vision? So let's start with my vision first. My vision is to is is multifaceted. First of all, I would open up the institution again itself. 
We would restore rules that were in place for literally over 100 years before Nancy Pelosi came in and shrunk them. We would take away, we devolve and divest power away from the center. Um, so that's why you get these lousy bills like this omnibus bill that we're going to go on next, next, uh, next week. And we would open that up. And by opening that up, we'd create good process. And good process will make good policy. And that's really what we want to do. And overall, I would say we want to restore the separation of powers between both horizontally and vertically. That is, the states need to be reinvigorated, receive the power. They shouldn't be going hat in hand to the federal government to solve every problem. And the, and the federal government start, should start shrinking in size. So that's kind of a, a, an overall uh, uh, framework. And I think that to get more granular, we would be dealing with the border. We'd be dealing with inflation. We'd be dealing with energy and oil. And those, those things are there in my America First plan, which I put out a year ago. Uh, and invite people to go to bigs.house.gov to see that. The reason that I'm running, though, is because you cannot change direction if you refuse to change direction. And uh, with all due respect to, to um, my opponent in this race, uh, Mr. McCarthy, he's been in leadership for 12 years. And the direction that we're going is not going to change if we uh, hang on to, to his direction. And so that's, that's really critical. And uh, I mean, I don't want to take all your time, Steve, but, but I mean, there's a lot to say on that. But, but certainly, um, we need to, to acknowledge that uh, he raises a lot of money, and that's important. But uh, it's important that you don't spend that money on conserv against conservatives in primaries. It's important that you do more than that. It's important that you use the leverage points that you have, such as spending bills, such as the ND, Na National Defense Authorization Act, uh, such as, as any other piece of legislation, to what? To fight back against uh, the Biden administration. That's part of the reason that we've seen, been run, been run roughshod over in the last two years is there's been a, a failure to use those leverage points to fight back. No, it's very interesting. The Freedom Caucus was successful in uh, removing former House Speaker John Boehner. If you could just kind of explain to the viewers the process uh, as to how this may play out. So the process that we're in now is different than that. That, that was a what's called a motion to vacate and you remove a speaker who's sitting. Um, and he actually ended up resigning because he knew he didn't have the votes. What happens in a speaker's race when you start a new term of Congress is everybody votes. Um, you have to get um, the majority of those who actually vote in order to be the Speaker of the House. And that means right now 434 members of Congress because we, uh, uh, Representative uh, uh, died recently from Virginia. And so that means that you, got, you have to get 218 votes. Republicans have 222 seats. That means five members um, could say, we're not going to vote for the speaker, and uh, Mr. McCarthy doesn't win. It is not the most, the person who gets the most votes. That would be a plurality. And so you're not going to see a Democrat win it, but you will see a Republican win it, and it's going to take, you'll go, go through multiple ballots until we get a candidate that we all agree on. Congressman, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to ask you, uh, the January 6th Select Committee has, um, you know, moving forward to, to, to refer charges against the former president. Um, where do you see this heading? Well, that's probably the worst kept secret uh, in, in Washington, D.C., and there's no secrets in Washington, D.C. Um, 
It'd be hard for me to conceive that that Merrick Garland is really going to actually bring charges against the president of the United States. This is obviously a politically motivated. It was the committee itself was politically motivated. The referrals politically motivated, and uh, it would be perceived, quite frankly, that uh, uh, that Merrick Garland would be politically motivated if he brought charges. I, I really don't think that's going to happen. Is there any pathway where a Republican-led Congress could potentially intervene? You can't really intervene with the criminal process if charges are actually brought. The, but your avenues to check this would be spending um, and, uh, and also oversight. So we will have oversight for sure, and we will expose the politicization and weaponization of the DOJ and, and uh, Department of Homeland Security. But at the same time, if the Senate passes the spending bill next week, we know that the House is going to pass that bill because they've got the majority. Um, that will remove our leverage vis-a-vis uh, -vis, um, the executive branch, which is spending, controlling spending, controlling the budget. What do you see as, uh, if you were to become speaker, some of the, the, the top priorities for you? Well, the top priority is to get leverage back on the spending on the budget. And so that the way you do that is you're going to have to move right into getting the appropriations process back on board. We haven't had a, a budget process that's been followed in 25 years, if you can believe that. So that'd be you get that process back on. So we would control the spending in the federal government. That would impact inflation because we could reduce the spending in a way that reduces inflationary pressure. Um, we would begin investigating and bringing pressure to bear on uh, oil and gas exploration and development leasing. That has to happen, and if we're going to become energy independent again, and that would reduce the pressure to raise prices on oil and gas. Then we have to. We also have to come right in out the gate to to deal with the border. The border. We funded the wall, but this administration has refused to go ahead and complete it. So we're going to have to put pressure on building the wall, um, reinvigorating Title Eight, stopping their, uh, basically, what they're getting rid of the Title 42. We have to rescind their rescission, if I can put it that way. Um, all those things would immediately have an impact. Uh, that's where we go. That's where we start. Um, and uh, then we get ready to, to, uh, to compete in the 2024 election. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.